It's Brian Anthony from the Office of Student Life and Leadership in the booth. Welcome to another episode of Hill Talks. Each episode, we will bring you an inspiring message to help improve your leadership skill set. Everyone can always use leadership tips, so we hope that you get something out of it. We're live in the booth. Today's topic focuses on new aspects of leadership, featuring some of campus's most prominent leaders from a student and professional lens. Let's kick it. So my first one that sticks out the most is when I was a grad assistant working um, as a graduate student in um, new student um, services. So working with the orientation program, it was this is actually my second that was my second summer working with the program. Mm. And I felt very confident about my role. I, you know, I spent the summer before learning about campus. I was new to that campus, so I didn't know that many people. I didn't know the different roles. I didn't know the ins and outs of orientation. So it took that was that whole year was a big learning process for me and just really what it meant to be a leader to um, what we call them orientation counselors. So what to be a leader to the orientation counselors or OCs. So that was a big learning experience. So that second summer, I felt very confident in my role because I knew people on campus. I knew how orientation should look. I knew what it meant, um, you know, to kind of guide students, to be there, answer questions, to be a support person. Mm-hmm. I just felt very confident in the role. And with that, we had a new director of the program. So with that came different um, changes and, you know, just different leadership styles everyone had to adjust to. So in that role, I just felt always so close to the students because I was more comfortable in my role and I was closer to their age. I just felt, you know, I really liked that group of students. They were very diverse. I never worked with a population that was that diverse before Mm -hmm. in that type of setting. So I really enjoyed um, being around them a lot and really getting to learn their stories and um, lead them through making connections and making memories. And with that, sometimes, because, you know, I'm treated as a paraprofessional. I'm not a professional member, but I am paraprofessional. Mm -hmm. So I should really be spending as much time as possible, I guess, with the professional members who I just didn't know as well. Um, some were new. So I just connected more with the students. And with that particular summer, I had to receive feedback and really learn how to balance, you know, being a paraprofessional member, but also being a mentor to orientation counselors and student leaders and learn how to really split my time that I'm always seen as a professional member and not someone who's just only one sided meaning siding with the students because I'm also a student. I'm closer to their age. Mm-hmm. So I think that was definitely a struggle for me personally is just always being felt like I was just closer to the students mm-hmm. um, because I really enjoy learning from them and learning from that experience. And not giving, if they had a concern, not taking it to the professional team members as well. So really that whole summer, I had to learn how to speak up and use my voice and how to be proceed, proceed as an upcoming professional and also be a positive team member that could um, express a concern that someone has or a concern that I have and not just kind of sweep it away and keep letting it bother me. Because if you mm-hmm. sweep it away, it's never addressed. So the problem is never really taken care of because you just never talk about it. Mm-hmm. That summer, I had to receive a lot of feedback from my direct supervisor and the director and really just to work on my communication skills. I'm a very big context person. Mm-hmm. 
So I enjoy knowing. So if a, if a decision is being made, what's the history behind that decision? Why is it being changed? Why is it impacting the program this way? It's a lot of whys with me. So mm -hmm. with that, when you ask those questions and really get insight, instead of being, you know, sometimes feeling unclear in the moment, I learned how to really ask the questions so I can feel like I could best deliver, you know, a program or mentor a group of leaders in a positive way. So everyone was on the same page and was very clear mm. on what they needed to do. Um, and I also had to give feedback to the different students that I mentored as well. So that was hard for me because I always want to say you're doing wonderful, but everyone has places to grow. That really taught me, you know, how to give constructive feedback but be supportive with them as well. Like, you know, do you want me to sit in on a session with you in a small group so I can give you some directions on how you can communicate this activity better to a group? Do you need, um, do you need like a one-on-one -on -one session because you might be having a difficulty with another student? How can we address that concern um, in a positive way so you can learn from it and know what your strengths are and move forward? So those were some of the big lessons that I learned and it helps me be a better communicator today instead of, for the biggest example is, you know, to take feedback and learn from it and also to really keep building upon my communication skills and not being afraid to say, so why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> why is it happening this way? Does it have to happen this way? But once you realize where the direction is coming from and why it needs to happen, it increases your buy-in in the situation. Mm. And that really is what that summer taught me, you know, you can be close to a group of students, but also you have to realize that you're serving a larger population. So in that case, you know, we're serving incoming students. So how can anything that I present to those to the leaders make them a better leader and make them have a more positive experience? So they're also giving incoming guests a positive experience. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest thing. And that, you know, with the leaders, we had to remind them that as well. It's about the experience that you give to others, because that's you know what a leader is, you know, you're taking feedback so you can deliver something that makes something else great for a larger group of people. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, would you say that as a graduate student um, and like speaking also from like a similar experience of like being a grad and like having to supervise um, individuals who are kind of like closer to the same age as you um, and really balancing like how do you do that while like not seeming like uncool for like lack of a better word um while still like trying to do your job like how did you how did you balance um having uh like not too far off of age difference between your students um when it came to like when it came down to giving that feedback and feeling comfortable with that yeah, I think that was probably the hardest thing. Um, one of the hardest things about that, because, you know, you, you know, you also care a lot about how you perceive to others. But for me, um, I honestly started to look at the contracts that were signed by our student leaders. And I would mm -hmm. remind them, this is what you signed up for. You know, these are the areas that you're not meeting. How can I support you into starting to meet those areas? And just remind them, it, when, once a student sees it in writing, it was helping them realize like, oh, this is an example of how I'm not meeting this expectation right now. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, we have to change this session to look like this. So how can you be flexible in the moment and move forward beyond this? And just having, the, being willing to be available to have those conversations, 
I think what the leaders appreciated about me is that I was always very consistent. So if I said I don't have a clear plan yet because it hasn't been provided to me, I would just say that. I wouldn't just say make up an example or something we're going to do if I didn't have the clear understanding. So I think the leaders were able to trust me because I was very transparent to say, you know, I need more, I need more clarity on that before we move forward. Mm -hmm. And that helped in those type of situations. Yeah. Um, And I think that a lot of, even if you're looking at student organizations, for example, right? Like uh, I remember when I was an undergrad, like I was um, RBSU president and like my, um, uh, the year that I was serving, like had a lot of friends who were on the executive board with me. Um, and like part of it was by design because like you want to work with people who like you know you have like a relationship with and like can do some really cool things with. Um, but I personally struggled during that time um, to provide my friends with feedback um, because of like not only like the age um, or the closest in age, but just also like that comfortability of like hey I don't want to blend or like I'm blending like our friendship with like your performance on the board. And like, I don't want that to happen. Right. And so like, I think that um, as grads or as like student org leaders, or even as like entry-level professionals who have to like, kind of have like a back and forth um, with their colleagues, um, that can be difficult to communicate that effectively without like damaging the relationship. Um, But at the same time though, I think that um, we have to do a better job at understanding that like feedback when it comes to like work stuff is not necessarily feedback when it comes to like your personal relationships and being comfortable with like receiving, receiving that information from a colleague or from a superior um, in your situation and stuff like that. So with you being kind of like, like you said, like a paraprofessional kind of like in between, you know, uh, the full-time staff and the students, were you able to, communicate across lines where like the students may have um, something that they disagree with with like the rules or something that were in place by the professional staff the professional staff could have issues with the students and like it was just this constant back and forth that I'm assuming that you were kind of like put in the middle of and so what was your tactic to kind of lead from the middle um, and really be able to play both sides my tactic was when especially it was more so keeping myself professional amongst the student and not seeming like I was their peer. So when I would give a directive or say, this is what's happening, once they start to complain, like at some point you got to cut it off. So either if you need to continue and move on, I had to cut it off and say, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Or if it was time to transition, like it was done for the training for the day, I might have to excuse myself. So it's not being like, I'm overhearing every single thing that just just more than venting. Mm. Um, and, you know, listening to really just learning from the professional staff and learning what they needed from students and having and also expressing to them, you know, these are some of the concerns they're having. Maybe if they just understood why we're doing it this way, they would be more willing to do the training this way or do the do the segment um, in this way if you could just explain it more. Yeah. Um, and I think just balancing both sides. That was definitely um, a challenge for me, but I did learn how to really step in and step away when I thought it was necessary. Mm. And how have you seen this ability to to step in and step out or just like balance being in this middle ground, which in a way, like we all are um, at multiple aspects of our career, unless like we have no supervisor, right? And like we are the ultimate mm-hmm. supervisor. 
like how have you been able to implement some of those things that you learned from your graduate experience um, into your work now at UNC? I definitely learned how to ask questions. <laughs> Just to like, sometimes like if I don't have buy-in, I really want to know could you just give me more details about why it has to be done this way? And would you take my feedback? You know, are you willing to take my feedback to say, can we alter it just a little bit? If I can also see like a, like a way that it would benefit the larger population better, Mm -hmm. or if my suggestion can't be taken, just tell me how are we going to like assess this and make sure it's going to be successful and not be afraid to ask those questions. Cause sometimes I just won't ask a question. Um, I feel like in the past there's been times I wouldn't ask a question. I wouldn't voice a concern. And sometimes it just went too far that it wasn't always successful, a certain situation. Um, When I kind of saw the loopholes or I saw like how it could have faltered earlier and I just didn't speak up. So definitely learning from that and speaking up has helped. And then also how to step in and step out. You know, if a conversation, every every person is going to vent at some point. It doesn't matter what it is about. At some point, you just got to get it out. And I think being mindful where you're saying it and who you're saying it to and knowing is this a situation that I need to be a part of or is this a situation I need to step away from and just being more aware when a conversation is just moving too far that it's no longer necessary in that moment and how to step away. So I've definitely learned to be alert to that as yeah. well. When you were in a position where you weren't asking questions or like, you know, you were kind of just let things play out and see what happens. Uh, what was the what held you back from asking those questions? Um, and then kind of like, what was the shift for you to, to begin to become more like inquisitive? Some of the things that held me back is that the conversation was going kind of long. I didn't want to add to the conversation because I felt like people were getting tired. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll just let it go. Or I thought they were the experts, especially if it was a certain program that's been happening multiple times. I was like, well, they know how it should run. So I didn't think that my feedback was necessary. So thinking that my voice didn't matter in that moment. Um, so I think those are the two biggest areas where I think it didn't, it wasn't successful. But ways that I have learned to step in is to really, sometimes I'll ask a question and say, I don't know how everyone else feels about this, but I feel this way. Does anyone else mm. agree to try to get other people to see my point of view? It's kind of a sneaky way to do it, honestly, but it's a way to say, this is my opinion. I'm just wondering, does anyone else on the team also see this as a possible Mm -hmm. issue? Um, And when you hear multiple people saying, you have a good point, it makes like whoever is leading that session think, oh, well, maybe we should look at this a different Mm -hmm. way. And, And it's just not one voice, it's multiple voice. So that's one tactic that I definitely use. And then if I think if, if it's a tactic or a certain situation rather that I think it might really not go as well. And I think it might look like I'm the one who doesn't know what I'm doing. I'm definitely going to step up because I'm not going to look like I have no idea what I'm doing. I'll definitely say I need some more clarity on this because I don't think this is going to go the way we think it is. Yeah. yeah. Can't have a uh, crystal, the clown out here. You know, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. That's not going to happen. But I do think um, <laughs> from what you're saying, uh, there's a lot of people who like don't speak up in meetings or who have like who are more internal processors or you know whatever you want to call it that have questions or like that have disagreements but never feel that there's a space for them to kind of like interject or you know like I'm also not a proponent of like long meetings and so like if a meeting's going long and like I have something to ask and I know it's going to take like an additional 10-15 minutes when we only got like five minutes left 
I'm not going to ask it. I'm more so worried about, like, getting out of that meeting um, and, like, trying to do, like, a follow-up later. But sometimes, like, you know, we have to sacrifice the 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 agenda and the time of the meeting for our question if it's something that's really like sitting on our spirits and stuff you know right have you have you found that I guess like your approach to leadership in these situations has impacted your advising style I think so I sometimes um with the students especially if they're a good example is when you're changing a major completely like if you're going from history to biology if I don't ask you what made you make that transition, you know, we'll start talking about a new major and I, I have no idea the context of why you made that decision mm. if I don't take the time to ask. So what made you go f- from this to this? So I get to hear their stories, the student's story, and really connect to them, you know, why they made this um, drastic shift, how they have come to um, realize that, you know, a certain field is better for them academically and professionally. And that makes me connect with a student and really I really do enjoy hearing um, stories from students Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of that's one of my styles is really learning from others and it really shows me like their growth process and their decision making which I enjoy so that's a big piece that helps me you know not be afraid to say the student might come with one agenda to the meeting but I'm not afraid to stop the agenda and say hey, we're going to make sure we get to all your points, but just tell me a little bit more about this experience or what made you come to this decision and follow up. Like, is there any follow-up that you need from me? How can I support you in moving forward? Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoy that piece. Yeah. Um, as a former, so I was, I don't know if I told you this, I was a career advisor back um, at Wisconsin before I came here. And like, definitely agree that a lot of students don't come in, um, like they want to switch majors and you know for whatever reasons but like they haven't really asked themselves that reason and like expect for advisors to be able to piece the piece their story together for them advisors are really just there to like advise on like like just like your overall like the reason why you are um deciding to switch majors or switch your plans and so like advisors are there to like ask questions um similar to what you were saying like your why and like what's what's the reason that this is happening but students fit from doing kind of some of that introspection prior to um arrival slash like um even after the advising appointment to really continue to drive home like you know is this the right decision for me what are the factors that are like um, contributing to my decision-making processes. Do you have any final thoughts or any small plugs for the academic advising office for UNC or anything that you would like to share? Sure. I think with um, advising, you know, in college arts and sciences or in Heart and Hub, it's just that, you know, for students to keep um, util- utilizing the experiences that we have, the services that we offer. So we're doing um, virtual um, advising throughout the summer. We're gearing up to... Um, welcome our incoming students so we'll be doing you know orientation virtually which will be a lot of fun so throughout the summer if you know students especially they want to change their major or having questions about their major if you're home we're home as well so you can definitely still meet with us virtually um you know to get their questions definitely to get the questions answered um we can also some of us are have the capability to do appointments by phone as well if that's you know if you're having any internet connection um, issues we can do it by phone some of us so don't be afraid definitely to reach out yeah. to advising because we're here this summer even if you want to you know change your entire fall schedule because you had some more time at home to think about a different field that you're interested in 
um, you know, they know how to make appointments through the schedule system. You can reach out to us through email. We're happy to assist in any way that's possible. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for joining me. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Check back with us for another discussion on leadership and even more amazing in-studio guests. It's Brian Anthony, live from the booth. Peace. Peace.